Welcome to the Grit to Greatness podcast. Thanks for tuning in and making your choice to win. This is the show where we not only motivate and inspire, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to greatness. And now, here's your host, Chuck Farmer. Welcome to the latest episode of Grit to Greatness. It's been a little while, but I promise you we're not going to have these long periods between podcasts anymore. I'm excited and motivated. It's a new year. The spring is finally here. I tell you, it's exciting time. And I'm ecstatic today because we've got a very special guest with us today. His name is Matt Cook. He's been a friend of mine for several years. He is a sales training guru. Let me tell you, when I say guru, he's the guy hundreds and hundreds of people, probably thousands of people call when they have questions or issues with sales training. He's a husband, father, leader. He's a drummer at church, and he's also a fellow Spartan racer. We're going to get into that as well. So welcome to Matt Cook. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me, Chuck. Appreciate being here. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I've been looking forward to this, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we won't waste any time. We'll just jump right in. So, you know, as I said, you're a fellow Spartan racer, and that's really on the front of my mind because I have a race this Saturday, um, and you and I both love racing. And, And I want to tell people, don't get excited. Matt nor I are really big athletes. We're just people that like the idea of competing. We like the idea of getting out of our comfort zone. We like the idea of being disciplined um, and being able to stay in good shape. And so we'll talk about that today. So with that, Matt, why don't you tell us your story and how you started getting into shape and joining Spartan Races, et cetera. Yeah, actually, I'm technically a professional before photo that they use at the gym. So (laughs) when they... (laughs) when they say, is this you, you should come to the gym. That's a picture of me. So I always, I always crack up because, you know, anytime someone has success personally, professionally, everyone always looks at that last little bit of success and says, oh my gosh, congratulations. You know, you finish a race, you lose some weight, you start a new habit and you typically hear what's your secret or what did you do? And the problem is you just saw the last 5% of what I did, right? You didn't see the start. Um, I had a, I had a goal a couple of years ago that I wanted to run a thousand miles in a year. Wow. And to me, that was a stretch that was, okay, I need to do something big and bold. That's going to push me. And when I did that, I actually calculated if you're going to run a thousand miles in a year, then you need to be running a little over six miles every other day. And what happens is if you miss one of those days, you now have to run 13 miles to catch up on that one miss. And I mean, Man, you can congratulate me when I cross the finish line at a thousand miles, but don't even begin to understand the stress it took one month, two months, three months in to keep that up. So my story starts back in 2011. Um, actually, I was about 20 days from my second child being born. Um, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl, so that was going to be a surprise. But you know, I thought to myself, "Man, I'm about to have a second child. My my youngest, my only child at the time was a little around two years old." And I got on a scale, cliche, January 1st, you know, everyone gets on a scale and makes a New Year's resolution. Well, I got on a scale January 1st, 2011, and I was the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And I looked down at 280 pounds and thought to myself, oh my gosh, like if I'm going to have kids that are active, that want a dad that wants to play with them, that wants to be there for all of the activities, I've got to make a change. Um, And so I committed on January 1st that year to exercising and I joined whatever the nearest gym was that was running a special. I think it was like nine bucks a month. 
And I just set out a goal. I, I, I'm real simple, right? So don't give me these big complex goals, these big complex workouts. I hate diet plans. So what I did was I kept my calories under 2000 a day and I got on a treadmill every other day for an hour. So I remember the very first time I got on the treadmill, I think I had my lawn sneakers on. Like I didn't even have a good pair of shoes. I was probably in jeans and I got on that treadmill and I ran for about 60 seconds. And then I was like, okay, (laughs) that's right. That's about it. And I walked the entire finish 59 minutes of walking. I don't, I don't even know if I went a mile, but I came back and I did it again. And I did it again and I did it again. And what happened was over time, I noticed that I could run for a minute and then walk for nine and then run for a minute and walk for nine. And I got to the point where I was running for two minutes, walking for three. And then I was just doing these intervals over and over and over until I found myself able to run for 10, walk for 10, run for 10, walk for 10 until the point that I was able to actually get on that treadmill for an hour, set it to one speed and run the entire time. And, And I mean, I kid you not, that took a year before I could do that. But to watch that progress was was amazing. And so I lost about 75 pounds in nine months. And nine months in, tore the tendon in my right knee. And I mean, you want to talk about a setback in a goal, right? Yeah. And the, the knee surgeon, who actually is the, the same uh, knee surgeon that takes care of the Indianapolis Colts, he looked at my knee and he goes, well, I know what you did. And I said, what? And he goes, you didn't work out for like 30 years. And then you started running That's and right. you put more stress on your knee in nine months than most people put on their knees in 20 years. And so it's no wonder that you, you tore the tendon. And I tore it good enough that it was going to be at least six to 12 months recovery. And I had to make a decision. You know, a lot of people, oh, what was me? I gave it a try. I'm done. Right. I made a decision and I actually ordered right after my surgery, a treadmill, had it delivered and installed in my house. Now I wasn't able to use it for six months, but I said, listen, now is the time where I decide, am I going to keep this habit going or am I done? Not, not once I get to physical therapy, not after the first visit, I need to decide now. So I bought a treadmill um, because the day I was cleared to get back on that thing, I didn't want to have to worry about rejoining a gym or traveling to get there. I was, I was going to be committed. So so people talk about, oh, you did a Spartan race or, oh, you ran a thousand miles or you did this. But what they don't see is, man, I walked for an hour that first day and I, w- I probably had quite a few people at the gym, you know, double checking the batteries in the AED machine, making sure their insurance was up to date when they saw me walk in. Because there's like, there's no way this guy's going to get on that treadmill for an hour. <laughs> uh, well, let me stop you right there, man. There's a lot of good nuggets I want to mine out of what you've said already. First of all, Absolutely. I, that I hear this a lot that people see you where you are now, you know, as you, as you meet new people, as you come across people, they see you where they, where you are now. They don't see the work and the effort that you put into to get where you are. And that can be in your business life. Maybe you're very successful and a new agent comes on board. They're like, wow, you know, they, they think you just have been there. They don't see all the work and the same, like what you're saying, they don't see the first day that you were there walking for 59 minutes. They see where you're at now. And so, we really have to understand that the hard work and discipline it takes behind all those things that we accomplish in order to get there. Yeah. On average, it takes 45 days to start a good habit, three days to start a bad habit. And so you got to remember that because you know, that's, that's why gyms have the highest attendance the first of the year, 
That's right. Because everyone's starting a good habit. But it's also why when you go to a gym in February and March, half the machines are now empty because people didn't wait to the very end of that new habit to say, okay, now I'm disciplined. Listen, Matt, there's a gym that's nationwide. And when you go to their gyms, they are big and they are nice. And you often can enroll for nothing or $1 and $10 a month. Okay. $10 a month. And you think this is crazy. How do they afford this? You know what, how they afford is what you just said, literally a massive percentage. I forget exactly. I've heard this once from one of the owners. I actually asked this club, one of the clubs, and it's like 90% of people hardly ever or never attend once they sign up. And so they're able to make a huge profit knowing that most people that sign up aren't going to put forth any effort at all, much less stop after six months. So and you, you, really you know why it is. Yeah, you know why it is. It's because we as humans are creatures of comfort. There is nothing we love more than our comfort zone. There is nothing more comfortable on this planet than a good pair of workout clothes. I can sit on the couch and watch TV for eight straight hours in a good pair of workout clothes. But I'll tell you what. And eat comfort food. Yes, I could watch The Biggest Loser and eat a pizza and feel great in my workout clothes. That's right. But you know what makes me uncomfortable? Walking through the door of that gym, stepping up on that treadmill. And our body, when we're uncomfortable, our natural reaction is to go back to what made us comfortable. And that's why people fail because those first three, four days of the gym, you're running on adrenaline. You're having a great time. Reality hasn't set in yet. And, you know, in our world in sales, it is absolutely no different. Those first three days in the field, working with business owners, marketing ourselves is fun. But eventually our comfort zone catches up to us and we say, you know what was more comfortable than this? Not getting rejected. That's right. So I'd like for our listeners as we speak right now to think back on things that they've started, whether it be professionally, personally, uh, physically, spiritually, that they've started and they've given up on way too early. What are those things that you wish you would not have stopped? And as we go throughout this podcast today, maybe there's an opportunity for you to start fresh. So think about those things. Now, second of all, I love real quick, I'll talk to talk about BHAG goals. That's big, hairy, audacious goals, like a thousand miles in a year, you know, and obviously you want to achieve these goals when you set them, like you want to achieve a thousand in a year, but you know what? If somebody, Matt, today were to decide, hey, I want to do that. And something came up in their personal life and they missed a week and they weren't able to catch up. Cause like you said, the catch up would be massive, but let's say they only did 900 miles in a year. These BHAG goals are the kind of goals that really set you up because you're pushing so hard. If you don't even quite meet them, you can still be extremely successful. Yeah. And with a thousand miles, I'll tell you this, if you got to 900, you're getting to a thousand. What people normally do is they get to a hundred, maybe 200 and quit. So I would say if that's your goal, chances are you're going to get to 200 or you're going to get to a thousand. You're not going to fall in between. And, and your point, Chuck, I was, I was traveling a lot that year for my work and I can vividly remember presenting all day, going out to dinner, hanging out with people, getting back to the hotel and getting on the treadmill at 1130 at night, midnight, one in the morning, because I'd rather knock it out that night than get up at six in the morning and do it first thing in the morning or vice versa. Maybe I just say, hey, I know we're all going out to dinner tonight, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat right. I'm going to drink right because I got an alarm set for 5 a.m. where I'm going to get on a treadmill. I found that that one goal, that thousand miles changed more habits than just getting on a treadmill. I was conscious of what I was eating. I was conscious of what I was drinking because no, no one wants to get on a treadmill and run six miles after having just 
consumed a whole bunch of fatty food or, or maybe right. something that wasn't good for you. I love it. And so I'll ask our listeners now, what is your thousand mile per year goal? What's a goal that, that you'd like to set for yourself that is equivalent to a thousand miles? Maybe it's so many approaches in a day if you're in sales. You know, what are the things that you want to do? It might be reading through the Bible in a year that often people talk about, but how many people truly accomplish it? So what is your thousand mile in a year goal that you'd like to set? And then you talked about setbacks. And this is a big one because we're all going to have setbacks. And then that's when you got to decide, hey, am I in this for real? Or is this what's going to stop me? And, you know, when we listen to, when we watch TV shows or movies and they're really motivational, exciting, we even cry a little bit. Those are always the ones, Matt, where there's some serious setbacks and they achieve greatness in spite of. We don't like watching TV shows or movies or even ball games, Matt. There are blowouts where somebody just crushes somebody. We want to see those setbacks and people come back from it. So talk a little bit more about coming back from setbacks or not letting that hinder you. Yeah. So, I mean, we probably all at least have one story in our life, right, where we had a setback. And when you have a setback, you you have two choices, right? Give up or, or get started. And for me, the reason I got into being healthy, the reason I got into, we'll call it fitness. I don't know if it looked like it at the time, but maybe it was. You know, I did it for my kids. I did it for my family. And that setback, that, that knee surgery gave me a new mission. And it wasn't so much about continuing to be healthy. It wasn't so much about continuing um, to lose weight. In fact, I gained back almost half of what I lost after that knee surgery. Because in my mind, I can be ready to go in 6 to 12 months. But I now went from working out every other day to not working out at all. And my eating habits didn't change that much. So trust me, you put that weight right back on. However, my new vision, motivation was my children. Because what my children just saw was their dad get hurt. And I'm, a, I'm now about to make a choice that sets the stage for choices they're going to have to make later in their life because they're going to have setbacks. They're going to have things happen to them. They're going to have things that sideline them from a game or take them out of a situation they wanted to be in. And they're going to look back and say, man, when my dad tore his knee, nothing stopped him from getting back on that horse. Or they're going to say, yeah, my dad gave up when it got tough. So it's okay if I do as well. You know, children do what we do, not what we say. So for me, that was a pivotal moment for me to make a decision in my life on what I wanted to model for my children. I love that. You know, and this is a good time for me to really interject again, the biblical aspect of this as Christians, you know, setbacks are all throughout the word. And um, I think that's one of the things we see the most is inspirations on Instagram, Facebook, where people post about how God's with you, you know, through the past 18 months or so that we've had, you know, people really talking about, we've all had major setbacks. And so sometimes, you know, we step in a hole when we're running and we twist our ankle. We did that. God didn't do that to us, but he's still there to help us through that and, and have that turn into a positive. And then sometimes, to be honest, God shuts a door because he knows he's got something better for us. We saw that door shutting, Matt, as a setback. We thought that mm -hmm. account was going to be our account that we were going to get to make a difference for our family. And that door shut. And we see it as a setback when really God has a bigger plan for us and we have to trust him. And so I think setbacks are when we're able as Christians, sometimes, sadly, that's when we draw nearer to the Lord because we go to him and hopefully we do and ask for his direction during those times. Yeah, it's funny. We can probably remember every reject, rejection, failure that we've had, but the successes are harder to remember. Isn't that funny that I can remember the few giant successes I've had, but I remember every minor failure. And that's, 
you know, I, I get the question all the time, you know, if you could start your career all over again, what's one thing you'd do differently? And I say, you know, I can count every mistake I ever made in my first year, but I don't know if I would do it over differently because it's the mistakes that made me who I am today, not my successes. That's right. I love that. Yes, we absolutely grow and we can get into this the next time we talk, we'll talk more about this, but we, you know, more I've been seeing about failure and failure is a specific event. It's not the end all end all. You know, when we do Spartan races, for example, we're going to fail. Um, and I want to, like, for example, I've never gotten the rope climb, Matt. And that's my <laughs> thing. And I tell you, uh, the other one I'd never gotten was the Z wall. And real quick, the Z wall, you know, it's a wall built and it's just little pieces of two by four nailed to it. And you have to go from one end of that Z wall to the other without touching the ground. And for a big body like mine, it's not easy to do. I'd never done it. And so I remember last year I was able to go to Dallas stadium and do a race inside the stadium most tired I've ever been in my life when I got finished, but I did complete the Z wall. And let me tell you, Matt, literally here I am 56 years old at the time, man running a Spartan race. And when I got off and rang that bell on that Z wall, I almost cried. I mean, it just hit me that I had achieved this goal that I'd never been able to accomplish before. And so, you know, being able to learn from those setbacks and those failures, that's part of it. You know, that's going to lead to your success. You can't do something, nothing, you know, if I was able to do the Z wall every time, like I don't cry every time I jump over the four foot wall at the beginning, Matt, that's easy to do. The ones that I really want to get are the ones that I failed at so many times before. Yeah. It, it's the valleys that make us appreciate the mountains, right? Because if all we had was mountains, then it would be a plateau. That's right. That's right. So uh, we've talked about people seeing you where you are. We've talked about goals and BHAG goals and setting those. We talked about having setbacks. So kind of go on from there and kind of tell us the story about what got you getting into Spartan races, for example. Yeah, that, that was actually, that one's a really funny story. So I was just uh, getting back into fitness. Just, I think I had just taken off the weight that I had gained post-surgery. And my friend um, said, hey, there's a race coming up in Indiana and there's a Groupon for it. Uh, and it's like 25 bucks. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds like fun. Um, up to this point, I had, I had run one race in my lifetime and it was a 10 K and he's like, no, this isn't a race race. You just go play in the mud. And there's like, you get to throw spears and pick up rocks and it, it looks like a blast. And so I, I went ahead and bought a ticket. Like that'd be fun. And then I went online and watched videos of what the Spartan race was. And I'm like, okay, so what's the return policy? <laughs> like yeah. what, what's going on here? And so I ran my first race and, you know, the Spartan race theme is you'll know at the end, right? That's right. And I can't think of a more appropriate response to when people say, tell me about Spartan races. Cause they're, you just can't describe it. And Chuck, my first race that I did as a Spartan race halfway through, we caught up to this big group and there were these cameras and everything. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. Well, they had brought the cast of the biggest loser to Indiana and wow. part of their challenge was this Spartan race. And I watched these obese people encouraging each other and pushing each other and helping each other do things that at the time I'm like almost complaining, like, oh, woe is me. Like I'm a little muddy and this is rough. And that was the moment I realized this was more than a race. Like this was one proving all the effort I was putting into exercise and diet was worth it. But two, there's something bigger than myself going on here. And I could do an entire episode with you on just the things I've seen during Spartan races that are mo more motivational than any movie I've ever seen, any person I've ever talked to. 
you and I could probably just write a book on the things that inspire us. Yeah. And, and, we're, and seriously, we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do an episode of just that because I, I'm literally thinking of the time when I came across a guy that had no legs and he was yep. running the Spartan race. I was tired. I was beat up and I saw this guy. And so we could share that. And so you're exactly right. And so we want our listeners to know that we love Spartan races. We're going to talk about that someday because we think it's a great analogy, but we want you to think about what's your Spartan race, you know, personally, professionally, um, spiritually, you know, we had uh, Eric Reed on a couple of episodes ago, a pastor talking about how we can set spiritual goals, Matt, how most people think, oh, you can't set spiritual goals. That's not biblical, you know, and so, but we can, you know, and so we want you to think about what are your, your Spartan races in your life. Now, obviously, we'd love it if some of our listeners called us and say, hey, I want to do a Spartan race with you. We'd be happy to do that. It, it is a blast, but um, you're exactly right. You know, when you finish real quick, my example is um, when my boys were younger, I had the key to our church gym. We had a real church gym and I'd play basketball for hours on end, um, at night late or on Saturday mornings with younger kids, real full court ball for hours. And that kind of helped keep me in decent shape. And then I found myself, uh, without our, my kids around, without knowing anybody. And I was out in West Virginia and I just said, I got to do something. Um, and so I'd heard about these Spartan races and I just heard about them and I just said, I'm going to do it. I want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to have some fun. So I signed up and just like you, I just kind of had seen a little bit about it. And I signed up for one in Atlanta. It was in March. It was the first one of the year. And I never forget, I showed up in Atlanta, me and my wife, Ruthie, and, and, uh, I didn't know how to practice or work out or prepare. I just kind of ran a little bit and stuff and I get there and I mean, it's crazy. And I'm never forget, I go in there and I run just a little ways and they have the obstacle where they basically just dig out giant holes out of the mud. And these are yeah. farms where they have horses and cows and stuff too, by the way. And they just dig a giant hole and they put the mud beside it and they do that three times. So you got to jump in the muddy water, go tell them what else is in there. And you climb up the hill, do that three times. And I got out and it was a unseasonably cold March in Atlanta. It was literally like 40 degrees when I started the race. Um, and I got out of that, that obstacle and I was freezing. I was wet. My shoes weighed 10 pounds and I was hooked. You know, this was something that was out of my comfort zone. It was something different. It was competitive and it just is an exciting time. And so like I said, we want people to think about what's something that you've always said you want to do. And maybe this is going to help you to say, I want to do this. I'm going to start and I'm going to create some habits to achieve whatever that goal might be. Now, you're preparing for an ultra Spartan race. Again, for those of you that don't know, there's different levels. I'm actually doing the lowest level this Saturday. Uh, but still, my goal, Matt, is to break my personal record. Um, and so I'm going to do that. But you're actually doing one that's like four or five levels up. It's called an ultra. Tell us about that. Yeah. So if you don't know anything about Spartan races, there's three races. There's the sprint, the super, and the beast. And going into this year, they've changed it to where those are all standard lengths. You didn't know, typically, if you showed up, if it was a three-mile race or a five-mile race. Well, this year, the three levels are a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. So sprint, super, beast. If you do all three of those in one year, you've earned a trifecta. Um, I decided to sign up for what's known as an ultra. There's a very few amount of them across the U.S. And instead of three miles six miles or 13 miles and ultra is 30 miles. And so they have on average a hundred people register and they have a 50% fail rate. 
So there is a 50% chance if you sign up and you begin the race that you're not going to finish. Or if you're an optimist like me, you have a 50% chance of finishing. And so the average finish time is 10 to 12 hours. You're required to bring a headlamp because chances are it's going to be dark by the time you finish the race. Um, I may walk the entire thing, but you know what? Uh, It wouldn't be a big, hairy, audacious goal if I didn't get a little scared when I registered. And the trick for me in anything when it comes to athletics is to sign up really early and pay for it because I'm the type that if I've paid for something, I'm (laughs) going to do it. So I typically in January write down all the races I want to do and I go ahead and sign up and pay for them then. That way when it's like a month out and I haven't trained, I'm like, well, I'm still going to do it. It's going to be bad, but I'm still going to do it. That's right. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's just exciting, you know, to get your blood going. And again, you know, if you're in sales, if you're new to sales, what are the approaches that you do a day and what would be a BHAG goal? You know, we talk a lot, Matt, about 25 approaches in a day. And, you know, it just hits me sometimes that, man, if you were really determined, you can do 25 before lunch and you can easily do another 25 after lunch. And, you know, what is it in your business or your personal life that's like that to where I'm just really not even stretching myself? I'm not really reaching towards any kind of getting out of our comfort zone. And again, I forget the number. I just heard it on another podcast about the percentage of people that just live in their comfort zone. You and I were talking about how it's easy to sit. I love March Madness. And man, it's easy for me to sit in my shorts in front of a TV, watching March Madness and eating what they literally call comfort food. It's comfortable, yep. you know, pizza and, and Cracker Barrel type food and hamburgers. That's comfort food. Um, and that's good for a time. I mean, that's perfectly fine. We all need to have those times, but we need to stretch ourselves and get out of our comfort zone. And like you said, the habits that change because you joined, you want to do the thousand miles, you know, you will be better in all areas of your life if you start changing your life in one area. Yeah, I, I had a mentor tell me early in my athletic career, don't picture it as prospecting. Don't picture it as an appointment setting. What if you got paid for every no you heard? And if you got paid for every no, how many could you do in a day? And that reverse psychology for me, it just made me kind of laugh, right? Like if we were paid per no, we'd be up at 6 a.m. We'd be up at 12.01 a.m. And we'd be knocking on doors till 11.59 p.m. That's right. Yeah, I agree. That's amazing. You know, and and again, spiritually, you know, we need to uh, – we need to put God first and we need to pray and ask him sometimes to give us a vision or to show us what are some things he would like for us to set for ourselves. And, and oftentimes that might be spiritually, but it could be in other areas of life. It could be business life. It might be that he's got changes coming down the road. He wants us to be prepared for that emotionally. He wants us to be stronger emotionally. So I just think that spiritually, you know, um, we need to be putting him first and then seeking his will for goals that we need to set, habits that we need to change. And so um, I really think that it, it, that obviously will affect our whole lives. If we get right spiritually, it's going to be a whole lot easier to be right physically and professionally, et cetera, don't you think? Well, and I think it's funny too. Sometimes our spiritual goals seem scarier to us than our professional goals, our personal goals, our health goals. Like I could be like, let's run a thousand miles. And you'd be like, I think I can do that. Let's read the Bible in a year. Oh, I just don't know if I have the time. That seems like a lot of work. Like That's right. Isn't it funny, though, that the thing that really matters most in this world, where we're going to live for eternity, sometimes we we almost make that more daunting than just signing up for a race and pushing ourselves to run through some mud. That's right. And you mentioned earlier, again, that the thousand miles changed you in different ways. If we were to read our Bible every day, if we were to improve our prayer life, you talk about changing your life in different ways. I think that'd be the case for sure. I mean, so 
I will say a plug. Um, I don't do a lot of plugs on this podcast yet, Matt, but I'm going to plug and I don't get paid for this. The Chosen. If you've not seen The Chosen, yes. I'm telling you, you have. if you want to sit down, if you like to watch Netflix and watch a whole series, you like to binge watch, you need to binge watch the whole first season of Chosen and then the first episode of season two. It will change your life. They do an amazing job, Matt. Have you seen yeah. that? I have, and it's free. It's free? That's right. You can watch it on YouTube, VidAngel, the Facebook page, and they just really take the Bible you know, and oftentimes when you read about Jesus' life, they're essentially using the exact same words in the Bible, which are great. But these guys really take it and they they stretch it out and they say, what was Jesus' relationship like with the 12 disciples? And when you watch this, they give each other a hard time. Jesus laughs at them and jokes with them and they give each other a hard time. And, you know, the personalities like Matthew, he's a he's what we'd call an owl. And man, it's just hilarious how they they treat him and they laugh at him and you know, I, I posted a, a meme on Facebook of Matthew saying, you know, you got a penalty for not watching The Chosen. How do you wish to pay for it? You know, just really good <laughs> stuff. And I can't recommend The Chosen enough. Yes. So we like to give our listeners three steps, Matt. We want to inspire and motivate, but we also want to give them things that they specifically can put into action. So you've got three things prepared. If you will, tell us what step number one is that you want to share with our listeners today. Yeah, so I think you you said it perfectly, Chuck. Uh, what's your goal? And and it could be professional, personal, spiritual, um, but it has to be a BHAG, right? Like if I write down something that's easy to obtain that doesn't require me to put much effort forward, I'm just, don't even do it. Um, but here's the deal. The key to a good goal is to share it. You can't just write it down, put it in your pocket and walk Amen. away. You, right. you got to text that to a friend. You got to text that to a spouse. You got to write it on a mirror. You got to have it in front of you yep. or it's going to be forgotten. That's right. And somebody can hold you accountable. Absolutely. You know, it's easy to say, man, I'm going to run 10 miles today, Matt, or 10 miles today. And I go out and after about six, I'm like, no, I'm going to run six. But it's different when I call Matt and say, Matt, I'm running 10 miles today. I want you to, you know, later I want you to ask me to send you the screenshot, my time and my pace and all that. You know, it's a whole different ballgame when you have to uphold it because somebody's going to hold you accountable. Yeah, I had a friend once do the Facebook diet. I was like, well, what's the Facebook diet? And she said, you post your weight on Facebook every day. Oh, wow. Trust me, you, you want accountability. <laughs> <laughs> That's accountability. So we've got That'll to write do. down, don't just think of your goal, but write down a BHAG goal of something you want to achieve. What's step number yep. two? Step number two, write down a habit that needs to be started for that goal to be achieved. And, and I'll give you a little clue, Chuck. If you don't need to start a habit to achieve the goal, you wrote down the wrong goal. <laughs> I like that. Um, again, I'll put a plug in for my previous podcast. We had Faye Stenning on. She's one of the top women's obstacle course racers in history. And her podcast was great. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend listening to it. But one thing she talked about was goals. And then she called these process goals. You didn't just have the goal. You had to have the process to get there. So that's what this would be. What's that habit? that you need to start in order to achieve that goal. And, and like you said, if, if you don't, there's not one that's going to be pretty tough to do. That's not a good goal. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. And then third, what's the third thing we need to do? Third thing you need to do is write down a habit that you need to stop to achieve that goal. Because I can, I can promise you this. If you've got a bad habit in your life, it's going to negate that good habit you just wrote down. I love that. Boy, that one hits us in the head. You know, the first two were like, yeah, I need to have a goal. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I need to have it or a process in order to achieve those goals. Okay. But boy, number three hits us right in the head. What are those habits that we have 
that we need to stop in order to achieve those other goals. And you know what? Be honest, I know for me, oftentimes number three is a lot harder than one and two. Yep. And, uh, you know, especially spiritually, you know, oftentimes we want to draw near to the Lord. We want the Lord to bless us. We want the Lord to take care of us. We want to be used by him. Um, but we have some things that are between us and he loves us and he, you know, the Lord died for us. But there's a habit that, that keeps us from having that relationship we need to have. And so we need to often, there's a habit we need to stop doing. I love that. That could be eating too, right? Eating too much, Matt. Uh, uh, food is definitely one of my bad habits that I struggle <laughs> with because uh, you get a good workout in, you know what you want to do right after that. You don't want to go eat a salad. I want a yeah. cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. I'm a foodie. That's one of the reasons I wanted to stay in shape and run Spartans because I love to eat. And that's, so again, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's no. a point where you have to be under control. And, and we talk about diets and stuff. You know, what I've come down to is I love the idea of, I simply do the 80, 20 rule, the 80, 20 rule works for work. It works at um, church. You know, and what I try to do is eat clean 80% of the time or a little bit more and, and, and bulge a little bit more than the 20%. So that's something we can do. But what are those habits that we need to stop doing in order to achieve those goals? That's big. I love that. Um, and then, Matt, we always try to finish up and kind of do a summary. And then we share our favorite Bible verse. So, Will, I'll just give you a minute or two to kind of share your last thoughts and then maybe share a Bible verse you want to share with the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we've talked a lot about habits, right? And, and I talked about comfort zones and we're creatures of habit, um, mostly bad habits, but we're creatures of habit and we love our comfort zone, but no good story. I've never heard someone tell a good story that started with, so I was comfortable, right? Every good story starts with, man, I was pushing outside my comfort zone and and, and that you'll get my attention if your story starts off with that, because I know when we're uncomfortable, listen, when you're uncomfortable, it's because you're changing. And when you're changing, you're changing for the better or you're changing for the worse. And that's what you got to ask yourself. So, you know, I, I could talk all day about habits and what it takes to begin, what it takes to get started. But that first step's always the hardest, right? That first door is always the hardest. That first day at the gym's always the hardest, but it gets better. It just does. And that's why that goal is so important because when you've got it written down and it's in front of you, that's what pushes you. Um, but like I said, you know, the, the exercise wasn't what pushed me. The races wasn't what pushed me. It was my kids. It was my family. And when your goals are revolve, when your goals revolve around your why, there is nothing that can stop you from achieving that goal. Um, Bible verse, man, my family, we have a verse and, and we live it out every single day. And it's Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. Courageous is a word that we focus on. Um, strength, fear. We talk about it all the time. And, you know, I, I think the last year we probably were tested with that verse, right? because we had a lot of opportunities to let fear creep in. We had a lot of opportunities to let doubt take over our family, but we focused on being strong and courageous, trusting the Lord, trusting God, because that's honestly what, what will get us through the valleys and allow us to worship in the mountain. I love that. That's awesome. Let's be courageous. That's exciting, man. I really enjoyed having you on. We've our, we, during this podcast, we had two or three little things that we specifically said when you talk about. So we'll, We'll have you back for some other episodes. The why, I'm very big on your why. And so we could talk about that all day. We'll come back and talk about that. Um, we talked about uncomfortable. And I want to share, uh, I was going to Orange Theory for a while. My favorite trainer, we'd start warming up. 
and we'd warm up for several minutes. And then my favorite trainer would yell at everybody. He'd say, okay, it's time to get uncomfortable. And you knew when he said that, it's about to start. It's about to get on. And that's what I'd like to share with our listeners today. Hey, is it time for you to get uncomfortable? Is today the day that you set those goals, that you find a habit, that you stop other habits and you get uncomfortable with yourself? But I promise you, you'll be rewarded and you'll see the growth in mighty ways. As always, Psalm 1914, Matt, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Grit to Greatness listeners. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit to Greatness. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get great updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Signing off from the Grit to Great podcast studio. We'll talk to you next time.